Well, for the last half century, Uri Geller has been a household name. A lot of people know him for his ability to bend spoons. He is an international celebrity. He's been a media darling who has toured the world and filled auditoriums for all sorts of dramatic demonstrations that go far beyond just bending spoons. And as the New York Times once described him and his meteoric rise in the 1970s, he was also the living embodiment of the hope that there was something more, something science couldn't explain. So uh, Uri Geller has been one of the most amazing and, quite frankly, most investigated mystifiers of our lifetime. And he has had quite an explosive revelation having to do with something that might be otherworldly. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Uri, it's great to talk with you again. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, you're welcome, Frank. And I'm speaking to you, obviously, from Israel, from old Jaffa, the Holy Land. I just finished the tour in my museum because I, I do the tours myself. Uh, most of the money we raise, uh, we give to sick children, uh, to a charity called Save a Child's Heart. And uh, I love doing it. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic to be on your show again. Wonderful. Now, if you allow me, I'll start off this alien, uh, the extraterrestrial, uh, you know, situation that is happening around the world. Well, or, or, if you will allow me. Yeah, yes? I, I, I want to talk to you primarily about that. But um, two, two or three quick questions before we get there just to, to lay some foundation, because I, I think people are going to be curious about this. When when people think of you, sometimes they will think of you as a, a psychic. Other people have used the term uh, magician or illusionist. But I introduced you with none of those titles. And, and, and I know that you've kind of tried to separate yourself from those those monikers of magician or illusionist. How come? What's wrong with being a magician? Okay, let me explain. First of all, Throughout my life, throughout my career, I've been hugely controversial. I mean, there are those people who don't believe. They think that it's magic and that it's an illusion uh, with the bending of the spoons, the reading of the minds, and so on. Um, until the CIA uh, tested me. And, um, you know, you, you can get on the CIA's website or on my website or on my Twitter. The CIA came to the conclusion, and this is what the CIA said. As a result of Geller's success in this experimental period, we consider that he has demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and ambiguous manner, CIA. Now, even with that amazing endorsement, there are still people who do not believe in what I do. You're breaking up you, a, l- a little there, Uri, and I don't want to miss a word. I, it sounded like you were referencing that uh, segment on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, the spoon that I bent for Johnny Carson wasn't bent enough. He was scoffing, he was sneering. And I thought, uh, Frank, that I'm destroyed. I thought, this is it, because everybody told me, if you do the Johnny Carson, you made it in America. I was ready to pack up and go back to my homeland, to Israel. Right. He the next you, morning, people I were saying up, you were debunked or something. Yeah, exactly. People say, oh, we... the next morning I wake up, the, the 
from downstairs and she says, oh, Mr. Geller, I have a Merv Griffin on the line for you. Now, Merv Griffin was as big as Johnny Carson at that time. And I said, um, what? You mean the Merv Griffin? She says, yes, he says, that's who he says he is. And Merv tells me, Merv Griffin tells me, Uri, I saw you last night on Johnny Carson. I want you on my show this week. And that was just another proof to me that controversy is good for me. As long as they spell my name correctly, I embrace anyone who writes whatever they want about me. So let's put that aside. Yes, I'm controversial. Yes, those are those who do not believe in the paranormal, full stop. But that was, you know, Oscar Wilde, 100 years ago, Frank, Oscar Wilde said, there's only one worse thing in life than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. (laughs) I can relate. I can relate. Um, but, but But what you do, that you're not a magician at all. No, of course not. I'm not a magician, and if magicians don't like to hear that, um, you know, turn the radio off, don't watch me on television. But believe it or not, the New York Times, you know, the New York Times, well, I can't say that they never write anything positive about an Israeli, but the story that came out a few weeks ago, I was on the cover with a a bent spoon, was on the cover, uh, you know, the full page, um, of the business section of the New York Times. And there was a like four-page spread. And in it, the article basically said, it doesn't really matter. What does it matter? If it's real, fantastic. If it's not, so be it. And um, the writer who wrote the article was extremely clever and intelligent, uh, you know, putting this um, article together. So today... I reached, you know, first of all, Frank, you know, I'm 76. Um, I've done it. I've been there. I've seen everything. So I don't really care what they say about me anymore. Uh, Today, I care about helping sick kids, being positive, being a motivator. I love doing the tours in the museum. My museum is hugely eclectic. I mean, from uh, Mick Jagger's guitar, the Rolling Stones, three and a half meters from there, I have the jam stones of Ramses II. I've got David Bowie, Elton John, John Lennon. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. But um, there is a lot to do with with, uh, extraterrestrials. And why is that? Because the CIA, when they wanted to test my powers, uh, uh, actually Mossad, the Israeli Secret Service, asked the CIA in 1971 to test me. Why? Because Mossad did not have the tools to test me. You know, we're talking about 69, 70. There's no iPhone. There is no Internet. So they asked the CIA to, to, to test me, do experiments. And the CIA sends no other than Captain Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to mm. walk on the moon. And I befriend Mitchell. And on many occasions... Mitchell, the man who walked on the moon, tells me, Uri, there were UFO crashes. UFOs crashed on our planet. Uri, there were bodies recovered. I mean, it's unbelievable because all my life, Frank, I, I always believed in extraterrestrials, in, in, in life in outer space. But then comes the day when Mitchell tells me, Uri, there is a very important doctor in NASA that wants to meet you. I, I say, fine, who is he? And he says to me, it's Dr. Werner von Braun. 
what? I tell Mitchell, Dr. Werner von Braun was a Nazi. I mean, you just Google his name and you'll see him in, uh, among Gestapo officers. Um, but you see, after the war, Kennedy, they brought these uh, very important scientists. He actually, Werner von Braun actually built a rocket called the V2, which took off from Germany, fell in, in England, killing thousands. But they brought him to America because they wanted to use his brains. And he was actually responsible for the landing on the moon. Dr. Werner von Braun. Anyhow, Mitchell says he wants to meet you. I say, okay, you know, I'm Jewish and all that. I have a problem with it, but let's go. Now, I had a CIA commissioned uh, camera, which I got from the CIA to spy for the CIA. Most of my spying was in Mexico. I took that along and I gave it to my brother-in-law and I told Shippy, my brother-in-law's name is Shippy, when, when we get to the office of Dr. Werner von Braun, you've got to snap a photo because nobody will believe me. So we enter his office and he pulls out a little piece of metal. I have photographs of, I'm standing next to, to Werner von Braun. He pulls out a little piece of metal out of his pocket. He says, Uri, put your finger on this. Tell me what you feel. I place my finger and I say, it's, I feel it's not from here. He says, come with me. Then he takes me to his personal office. Inside his personal office stands a safe. He opens the safe, Frank, and inside the safe I see a piece of metal. I would say it was like 15, 20 inches in length. He pulled it out. It's not heavy. I've never seen such a color before. I mean, it looked like it was breathing. And he says to me, okay, Uri, now place the palm of your hand on this. Tell me what you feel now. And I place my hand on the piece of metal and I tell him, this is, this is not from Earth. He says, you're right. Come with me. And what year is this, Uri? Oh, 50 years ago. Wow. 50 okay. years ago, because now comes the, the, the punchline. He says, come with me. He takes me out to his car park. I hit Shippy with my elbow. Take a photo. So Shippy snaps a photo of me entering the limo, uh, his limousine um, uh, with Vernon von Braun. He says, sit next to me. We drive to a concrete building, Frank. Nothing is written on the building. There's a, either a soldier or a Marine. It's very difficult for him to remember, but he lets us in. Vernon Brown says, follow me. We walk down three or four flights into the abyss of the building. We descend into the building. We come to a um, corridor, and in the corridor on the wall, there were hooks. And on the hooks, there were Antarctica warm coats, orange warm coats with a, with a logo of NASA. He says to me, Werner says to me, put one on. He puts one on, and then he takes me around the corner. We come to a huge metal door. He opens the door, and it's a refrigerator room, but it's huge. It's massive. And I walk into them with him and with Mitchell, and I faint. I, I, I mean, I, I cannot believe what my eyes are seeing. I see aliens encased in, I, I, to, if I have to describe what it is, it looked like glass coffins, transparent. Um, it was very cold in there. Um, some of them, some of the bodies were mangled, some were intact, but it blows my mind. I mean, this is crazy. Am I dreaming this? No, I wasn't. So we are talking about 50 years ago, the Americans are sitting on this information. And now that there are whistleblowers, you know, well, first of all, let me say this. Many people don't know this, but the former Israeli space security mm -hmm. chief, 
We're talking about the space security chief of Israel says extraterrestrials exist. And believe it or not, he claims that Trump knows about it. His name is Chaim Eshed. Ed Mitchell told me many times that there are bodies. And now recently, another professor, an Israeli professor called Avi Loeb, he's an Israeli Harvard professor who says aliens have visited and he's not kidding. And then the whistleblowers, David Grouch, a former military official, says non-human biological remains were found. And this I've known for 50 years that they were found from Ed Mitchell and for Dr. Werner von Braun. So you see America, Frank, in the grand scale of things, I believe America is hiding alien technology. Why? Because they're trying to weaponize it. They want to be superior to Russia uh, over, over Russia, China. Uh, and, and, you know, what about the, the, the fighter pilots, the pilots, American pilots screaming in their cop- cockpit? Oh, my God, what is that? Right. So it's coming out now. If if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Uri Geller. You can see more about all the incredible things that he's doing at his website, URIGeller.com. That's U-R-I-G-E-L-L-E-R.com, including some great photos from the museum and everything. Uri, I, I and I think many in our audience have been following your career for many years. I didn't even give the phone number, and already people are queuing up to talk with you. But it seems like you've become more outspoken on the the extraterrestrial issue more recently. How come? Because for many for these decades, I was not allowed to speak about it, and then I, I, I you know, I heard all these whistleblowers. And I said, what the hell? I'm, I'm going to say what I've seen. I'm going to come out with this. Although I already talked about it many, many years ago with scientists, professors at Stanford Research Institute. So um, I, I feel that, hey, they're talking. I will be talk. I'll talk. And I'm also now very close to Whitley Strieber. Whitley Strieber, you know, is a New York Times sure. best Sure, he's author. been on the show, absolutely. Yeah, who com- wrote Communion. And, and he was the one that sent me this, an, an incredible alien photo. Uh, by the way, you know, my Twitter account, my Twitter posting is the Uri Geller. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I want to speak to you also about my island that I bought. Yeah, Scotland, uh, I, w- I want to ask you about that. Um, but but w- wait, wait, let me finish yeah. this photo. The, why, why this photo is amazing? Because it's never been seen before and it's real. I believe it's absolutely real. I, I wrote about it on Twitter and it became very controversial because I mentioned that this is a female and she's not dressed and you can see her reproductive organs, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it became, I got like a million views for that. Sometimes when I post UFOs, I got 4 million views. So there are people out there, Frank, that are believers, people who've seen UFOs, people who've been abducted, people who took photographs of aliens. You know, the skeptics, they're a tiny minority, uh, almost insignificant molecular in, 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 in strength. Um, very soon there will be a revelation. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that in the time frame, I'm sorry I'm blabbering here. but No, no, it's I fascinating. All, uh, I want to get all the information into your show. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that in the coming 5 to 10, 15 years maximum, there will be an open landing. There will be a public landing, I mean. Uh, aliens will land, you know, very much a la Steven Spielberg's movie, uh, Contact. Um, let me tell you about my island. Um, 
15 years ago, well, I bought an island. Let me just ask one, one last question on the, on the alien yeah. front. It was reported in uh, some of the biggest publications in the world that, uh, you, that the aliens would be coming back to Earth to prevent nuclear war. What, um, how, do we, how do you know this, for instance, and what do we think the timetable is for that? Is that that 10 to 15 year timeline that, you're, that you just referenced, or is that uh, a different timeline? No, it's a, it's the same timeline. Yesterday on uh, the DailyMail.com, you know, that's one of the biggest yep. websites in the world. Uh, just read the story that came out about me yesterday because I talk about that. I believe, look, our planet, Frank, I don't, this is not a secret. It's in great jeopardy. I mean, there's so many elements that are working against us. Like, for instance, you and I are speaking now, but while we are speaking, the ice, the ice caps are melting. I mean, there are chunks, billions of tons of ice uh, are falling into the oceans. The, the oceans are rising. Uh, if we don't stop that very soon, uh, you know, coastal, you know, cities and towns will be drowned. Um, then there is the, we, we can't even stop a meteorite or a comet that would be, say, hurling towards Earth uh, and impacting Earth. We don't, we don't even know how to take it out of the, of the skies. So, and then there were thousands, but thousands of nuclear weapons. Right now, as we speak, planes are flying with nuclear bombs. Submarines have nuclear missiles. There are right now trains in Russia uh, moving around Russia with nuclear missiles. Silos in America full with nuclear missiles. Just imagine if somebody presses the red button. So my assumption is, my theory is that these aliens, first of all, are peaceful. Uh, otherwise, uh, we they would have destroyed us a long time ago. And um, they come in peace. And hopefully, they will be able to stop these um, nu- for a nuclear war starting. We're very close to that. I mean, it's just a press... You, a click on a computer button and a, and a missile flies out of a silo uh, towards Russia. And in Russia, a missile flies towards America. And that's it. Uh, I don't want to tell you what the scenario of what will happen then. So hopefully these aliens um, are here uh, to give us uh, to peace and make sure that we do not create a nuclear war. All right. Uh, tell me about your island, uh, the most mysterious land in the world. I think it's called Lamb Island. Tell us about it. Okay. I bought Lamb Island 15 years ago, believe it or not, because of Mohammed Al-Fayed. Just to put you in the picture, Mohammed Al-Fayed died three days ago. Yeah. He, was, uh, he owned Harrods, and he... Um, uh, his son Dodi died with Princess Diana mm. in Paris. She actually predicted her death in writing. She she said she'll go, she's going to die in a car accident. Mohammed Al Said always thought that the world's killed her. But anyhow, um, so he told me about this magical island, and um, I bought it 15 years ago, and I just recently, six months ago, I turned it into a country. I have an anthem. I have a flag. I have a constitution and I have a football team, believe it or not, a soccer team. <laughs> and I already have seven, seven, eight thousand uh, citizens, among them very famous actors like Stephen Fry. I mean, huge. Uh, hopefully, Brad Pitt will become one. Uh, all of you can become citizens if you wish now, today, because it'll cost you one dollar. And the one dollar goes to save a child's heart, it goes to save sick children who need open heart surgery. 
All the money that the island makes goes to sick children. And it's very easy to become a citizen. All you do is get up on, get on my website, urigeller.com. The island comes up immediately and you pay the one, $1 and you print out your citizenship. So you're helping sick kids and then you are actually a citizen of a magical island, which is actually a UFO hotspot. But um, are people going to be able to, once they become citizens, are they actually going to be able to live on Lamb Island? Very good question. No, you cannot live on Lamb Island because Lamb Island is a bird sanctuary. Birds nest there. I, the day I bought the island um, 15 years ago, I became automatically the owner of 150,000 seagulls and 50,000 puffins. I slept on the island one night, and you know what? I forgot to take a stone with me from the island to display in the museum. So two months ago, I called the 10 best Scottish female swimmers, and I asked them to swim to my island, very treacherous waters. Uh, it's like, like Alcatraz waters. I mean, it's sharks, uh, huge, uh, very powerful um, currents. But they swam, 10 girls, swam to my island, picked the stone, and swam back. And I have now the stone in, in, the, um, in the museum. Look, let me just plug another thing. Uh, my two books, the latest books are Learn How to Douse. You can find it on Amazon. And um, um, you can have it all with your psychic powers, also on Amazon. Also, I don't live from this. Thanks God I have enough. So most of the money is we donate to sick children. Well, it sounds like, uh, well, that's great. And uh, people can check all the stuff out at uh, urigeller.com, the island, the aliens. And uh, you'll even learn about the the gift that Vladimir Putin gave to Uri Geller. Uri, give us a, give us a, a, a preview. What did Vladimir Putin give you as a gift? Uh, this is far out. I have a Cadillac that I bought in 1976 in Potemkin, New York. But it was so huge that, Frank, I couldn't drive it. I mean, it took me like 10 <laughs> minutes to drive out of my driveway on 57th Street. 10 minutes to get out of my driveway. So I got an idea. I had a huge collection of spoons. I mean, from the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, from Philip, from James Dean. I have the spoon that was in the glove compartment of James Dean's Porsche when he died. Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, all the presidents, prime ministers. I mean, it's unbelievable. 2,600 famous spoons. And um, I wanted Putin's spoon. So I have connections. And believe it or not, Putin sent me his spoon. I actually have a photograph of him eating with, <laughs> with a spoon. Uh, I have kings and queens. I have Robert the Bruce, um, uh, the Pope's spoon. I'm, I'm standing right now by the Cadillac. I'm looking at it. Uh, it's, it's incredible. By the way, if you go to the museum website, um, Uri Geller Museum, you will see the photographs of, of the car, of the uh, overall that Mitchell had from NASA. I have, you won't believe this. I have Donald Trump's cap. I've known Donald 50 years. I met him in Madison Avenue. And believe it or not, I found inside Donald Trump's cap, you know, it's a famous uh, cap, uh, which is make America great again, four strands of his hair, <laughs> which means... I have Donald Trump's DNA. 
you could clone him. I, or that, oh, yeah, that, I can clone him. But, uh, but hang on. I also have John Lennon's hair, and I have Elvis Presley's hair. I have, I mean, I don't know how many minutes do we have more, or this is the end of the program. Yeah, I know but you I have, have to run minute. also. But Yeah, so listen, guys, a big hug from me. Lots of love to you. Remember, my website is urigeller.com. The museum is Museum Uri Geller. My Twitter is the Uri Geller. I post every two or three days. Unbelievable stuff. So whether you believe in me or not, I still love you. And I send you positive energy, empowerment, and I'm leaving you with one, one, one line. Tomorrow when you wake up and try to do it every morning, when you open your eyes, put yourself in an attitude of gratitude. Mm. I love you, Frank. Thank you very Uri, much. Thank you. When, I, when I'm uh, in Israel, I'm going to try and uh, hit you up for that museum tour, okay? Absolutely. Uh, Much right. love and energy. Thank Bye. you. Uri Geller. Check him out. UriGeller.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.